Amen. You can be seated. Church, we are really blessed to have Pastor Matt coming to bring the Word to us this morning. Pastor Matt leads our city service. God's doing some exciting things right in the heart of our city. Uh, Matt's just recently become a new dad, uh, and we are really blessed. I want to pray for Matt, actually, as we come just to hear from God's Word. Let me pray now. Lord, we thank You so much. Thank You for Your Word. Thank You for the power of it. Thank You that it brings words of life, speaks to us. Thanks for Matt too, Lord. And I pray Your blessing on him now. And we would open our hearts to hear from You now, I pray. And we ask this in Jesus' Name. Amen. Can we put our hands together? Give Matt a big welcome as he comes to share. Good. Great. Nice to be in church this morning. And... Uh... If you're not in the building, but you're joining us online, really uh, nice welcome to you as well. Isn't it good to have our senior pastor, Nathan, back as well from holidays? <laughs> Terrific. Uh, how's that feeling when you come to the end of a holiday? I don't know about you, but uh, my wife and I talk about this a little bit. You're sort of dragging your feet, you're packing your bag. Oh man, had a, had a nice break, but it's all coming to an end. As the saying goes, all good things must come to an end, that's true. But I wanna ask you a question that might seem a little strange uh, here this morning. How phased were you that um, Nathan's holiday has come to an end? Were you phased by that? Me, I'm, I'm pumped, I'm excited, I love having this guy around. I mean, I'm glad he's had a good break, but I actually really appreciate him being here. And you weren't that phased either because you clapped that he was back as well. So you can't be that concerned that his holiday is over, obviously. Uh, but we live in a temporary world, don't we? A, a world which is passing away, a world which is transient. We live in bodies which are transient and passing away. But transience, um, impermanence, is only an issue when the thing that is temporary is actually our life. When the thing which is not hanging around is, is our life. Winter has recently finished up for the year and I'm super pumped. I, I don't really like winter. I love the warmer months. Transience has victory over us only to the extent that what is decaying is our life. This is a pretty big problem for a lot of people because under the de uh, deception of Satan, the full extent of life for many people today is confined to their fleshly existence, their body in the system, the social system and structures of the world, uh, an accumulation of other bodies. They live according to the desires of their body, what the body craves, whether that be praise from other people within that worldly system, maybe power over other people in that worldly system, maybe sexuality, lots of things that people can be living for. But death, of course, has cast a long shadow over the entirety of uh, humanity. Some people standing in this shadow seek to deny the reality of it. This is what our culture does right now. We think death, let's just put it out of our minds. Let's, let's extract it from the way that we live. Theologian John Baer says there has never been a society in the world that has lived more distant from mortality than what we are living in right now. Some who have had maybe near-death experiences faced up to their mortality try to work ever harder to suck life out of the, the time that they have remaining. And others sick of the decay that's sort of just encroaching on them um, see death as actually a release from the effort of trying to garnish life. 
How do you feel about the issue, the issue of your mortality here this morning, the fact uh, that your body is temporary? It's transient. All of our bodies are actually passing away. This is a bit of a, a morbid um, tone, isn't it? Uh, but I didn't pick it. This is where we land. Two Corinthians today, we're in this series. And in chapter five, Paul is dialoguing about this boundary between this age, our life, our, our bodies now, and the age to come. And I want to say that if you're here this morning and mortality strikes a chord of fear in your heart, if there's a sense of hopelessness when you think about the fact that your body will pass away, I want to say you can leave here this morning with great hope, with incredible hope, in fact, as we come to God's Word. And so we're going to read from 2 Corinthians chapter 5, and we're going to read from verses 1 to 10. So let's do that together. Paul speaking to the Corinthians says, For we know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, an eternal house in heaven, not built by human hands. Meanwhile, we groan, longing to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Because when we are clothed, we will not be found naked. For while we are in this tent, we groan and are burdened, because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling, so that what is mortal may be swallowed up by life. Now the one who fashioned us for this purpose is God, who has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. Verse 6, Therefore we are always confident and know that as long as we are at home in the body, we are away from the Lord. For we live by faith and not by sight. We are confident, I say, and would prefer to be away from the body and at home with the Lord. So we make it our goal to please him, whether we are at home in the body or away from it. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each of us may receive what is due us for the things done while in the body, whether good or bad. Some really interesting words to us this morning um, from Scripture. As you read that, I don't know whether you picked up, but Paul's view of his mortality stands in really stark contrast to the prevailing view of mortality in our city today, in our country, in fact, in the world. Maybe even different to the position of your heart here this morning. Paul seems to have this profound hope in the face of his mortality. I mean, he, he's pragmatic, he's aware, aware of it, but he seems to have hope. It doesn't seem to, to phase him too much, I suppose, if you could put it that way. What's the reason for Paul's hope? How could he, how could he be writing these words? Well, we see in verse 5, he gives us the key. He says that the reason for Paul's hope is the type of life that he had. He had a type of life other than simply his human body in the context of this human world. He says in verse 5 that he had received the, the deposit, the first part of a new type of life. Divine life, the Holy Spirit, literally the fullness of God himself was indwelling Paul. 
at one point, the, the only type of life that Paul had was his human life. And uh, the Greek New Testament often uses the word bios or um, suke to, to describe this human life. But essentially what it is, is it's just our, our biology, our physiology, including our brains and, and our hearts that, that's beating in, in the context of a social environment, which is the world. Paul at one point had simply this kind of life and he was living for the admiration of others in the religiosity that he was embracing at that time. He operated according to the principles of his body only, his biology only. But now he says, I've received a new type of life. Just as there is lots, there's lots of different types of life, plant life, animal life, human life. There is also what the Bible calls divine life, spiritual life. And the Greek New Testament word for this kind of life is zoe. This is, of course, the, the highest type of life. Zoe is the, the type of existence. It's the life where humanity is caught up in the life of God. Just as our human life gives us faculties and capacities to interact with the, the, uh, the, the world that we see now um, and, and other humans within that world, so too our spiritual life will give us capacities to interact with God, to know God, to be in relationship with Him, and indeed to actually become like Him. Probably the best analogy, I actually really struggled to get my head around this concept as I was reading this passage this week. So I wanna see if I can help you with an analogy. This is a great one that I heard in another sermon. When we think of a phone, what probably comes to your mind when I say, hey, think of a phone is, is this, a a handset, and uh, this handset in and of itself can do a whole lot of things, right? Uh, you can play games on it, you can, depending on your age, you can uh, write notes on it, um, you can use it as a flashlight. But once you add a SIM card to this handset, it, this handset actually has a whole other type of existence, does it? A whole new um, sense of life to it. Without the SIM, this phone is dead to the network. It can't connect to anything. It's really just in and of itself. But once you add a SIM card to this, it, it comes alive in that sense. It has a new um, lease of life, I suppose, if you, if you put it that way. This is what Paul's trying to say here. And remember, transience and decay is only a problem when what is transient is our life. And so the freedom that not only having, uh, the, the freedom that Paul has, instead of simply having human life, the freedom that comes with having a new kind of life, a divine kind of life, is that if this life fades away, if this life is temporary, that's okay. Paul is, is not passing away with that life because he has a new type of life, just as if you took my handset this morning of my phone and threw it against the wall and destroyed it and it no longer could play games and all that sort of stuff. It could no longer even make calls. The SIM card would still be intact, probably. I mean, it's an analogy. The SIM card would still be intact and you could take that SIM card and, and put it in a brand new handset and the SIM would do exactly the same thing. 
This is the freedom that comes when we have the divine life in us, spiritual life in us. I wanna let you know here this morning, if you do not, if all you are at the moment is biology in your worldly context, I wanna let you know there's more life for you that God has. He has more life to give you. Not just this, He has something further. The something further was always what He wanted for us, in fact. Paul says in verse seven, we live by faith and not by sight. You see, the thing that we sometimes struggle with this spiritual life, this divine life, is that we can't see it. Our, our flesh and blood eyes, our biological eyes, can't perceive this type of life like I can sort of grab a hold of, of my biology like this, like I can perceive it with my eyes at the moment. But these passages speak to the beautiful truth that although we have the spirit of the new life, i.e. the down payment, not, not the actual body, we have the spirit, there is a day coming that everyone who has that spirit will get a new body. They will receive a spiritual body. Just as right now I have a mortal body, one day when my mortal body finishes, we're all temporary, all of, our, all of our biology is temporary. One day when that is shared, I will actually receive a new body in accordance with the life that I have in me right now. Spiritual life, divine life. This body will be far better than our mortal bodies. It will be akin to Jesus's resurrection body. It will not have the limitations that our current body has. It will, it will be far more glorious, far more transcendent. It won't be bound up. It will be eternal, in fact, is what we read. This is an incredible hope, isn't it? I wanna tell you, if you are a Christian here this morning, you do not need to fear your mortality. You do not. For you have new life. You will not cease to exist when your, when your body fails, when your life, that is your biology in this world, when it ceases. You are more than that. You are a new creation, Paul goes on to say. You have more life than just that. And one day, because of that, you will receive a spiritual body. It's an incredible hope. It's an incredible hope. You know, as I was reading these passages this week, I really wrestled with why Paul is talking about this. For me, um, the, the age to come and the, um, the body that is to come often seems so irrelevant to now. I, I, I don't know, maybe it's to do with my age. I'm relatively young and, and we sort of, maybe it's the culture, the fact that we sort of push mortality off. But to me, this seems somewhat detached to, to my everyday existence. Why do I really care about this? Why does Paul care about this? Jesus said this in Matthew 16, 25. For whoever wants to save their life, and that word for life, he's talking about his human life, so his biology in the world, will lose it. But whoever loses it, whoever loses their life, same word, human biology in the world, for me, for my sake, will find it. If you, if you get nothing else here this morning, please just get this. 
the spiritual life, the divine life, to live that life right now for us and in fact for eternity is to give away the life that we have. To live the spiritual life right now is to give away, use our, our bios, our human life in the service of others to the glory of God. Christ came and showed us the pattern of the spiritual life, the way that God lives, the way that Christ has lived for all eternity. The glory of him was that he gave his life, his bios, his status in the world, he gave that, he used that on our behalf. This is exactly what Paul says he has been doing for the Corinthians. He says, I am facing death in my bios, in my physical body all day long. Why? So that you will see that I have a, a different type of life, that I have more than just this. I have further life than this. The best illustration um, that, that I can think of to try and explain this to you, imagine a child that comes from a, a beautiful loving home. And, uh, and she goes to school one day and she happens maybe at school or on the way to run into an orphan who, who has no food. And uh, that orphan is not cared for about the same age, this child. Um, a, a child in that instance, if she comes from a loving home, what she'll actually do is she will take her lunch and she will give it to that orphan girl. She will actually take what she has without hesitation and she will share it with that child that has no food. Now, how can she do that? Because she knows her dad and her mum. She knows that even if she gives her lunch away to this orphan girl, she knows that her dad and her mum are more than able to provide for her what she needs. This is the, the problem of sin in our world. You see, sin is, is the mentality that we have to hold on to what we have. Hebrews 2 uh, verses 14 and 15 talks about the fact that humanity is held under our fear of death. We think, I can't give my life away. This is all I have. Jesus comes to show us that, that the divine life, the way to more life is actually to give this up in service and love of others. That girl has spiritual life because she knows her father. She knows that he's good, that he's more than able to look after her needs and so she can actually give what she has to the orphan child. And you know what the orphan thinks in that moment? She thinks, how could she give away her lunch? If, if I had that food, I would just be protecting it at all costs. There's no way I'd give it to someone else. What that orphan sees in that moment is that the child from the loving family has more life than just, than just this. She's receiving life from somewhere else. Jesus gave his life for you to bring you into this type of existence, to show you what it is and give you entry to it. And this is what he said to his disciples, a new commandment I give you, love one another as I have loved you as I have loved you. I gave my life for you. I used my bios in service of you. Jody shared a story last week. I know it was only in last week's sermon, but it just hits this nail on the head. Missionaries went to the Congo Republic 
And when the missionaries first came, the tribal people thought they were odd, suspicious, and, uh, and, and the missionaries began to share this message of the gospel about Christ, about a God who loves them. And the tribal people actually um, sort of decided to test them. And so what they did is they slowly poisoned them over a, a period of time. Apparently many of the missionaries died, even the children of the missionaries died as they proclaimed the gospel to these tribal people. And Jody said, that this is the statement that the tribal people made. They said, it was as we watched how they died that we decided we wanted to live as Christians. It is as we give this away without fear, without regard for the fact that we must have it in service of others, people say they have something else. They have something else. They've got another source. They've got another stream that they're tapped into the divine life, God in us, his Holy Spirit. You know, church, in our city, in our country, this bios is not easy to give up because the bios in Australia is really good. It's really good. Compared to lots of other countries, we have incredible bios. We've got plenty of money. We've got plenty of uh, health systems that maintain our bios. We've got plenty of opportunity. And because of this, we are maybe in the same situation as the rich young ruler. His human life was so good that he found it hard to give it up. But giving it up is entering into the divine life, isn't it? Christ said, hey, I want you to to take the bios that you have and and use it in service of others. And he, he said, oh, I don't know if I can do that. I've got so much bios. In this world, this city particularly, I'm I'm talking to myself here, I'm talking to myself. We must be careful to not become so enamored with our bios that we lose sight and stop entering into the Zoe, living in the Zoe way. We need to be so careful that we don't become so attached to our bios that when the Holy Spirit says, hey, I need you to do this, I need you to give it up, in service of this particular person, we we resist that and we say, oh, I don't know if I can. Jesus' call is for us to lay this down in service of others, to show others the other stream, the the more life that they need. They're, They're hoarding their bias at the moment. It's slipping through their fingers and they're thinking, what else is there? There's more life. There's more life. I'm not saying that this is easy and Paul's super pragmatic about this. I I love the fact that he's pragmatic here. Some theologians actually, you know, Paul seems so um, stoic in the face of death in these passages. But in 1 Corinthians 15, some of the theologians talk about the fact that he's sort of getting to the end of his life and he's saying, wow, this is actually a hard thing to do. You know what I mean? Paul's pragmatic. He says that in our current tent, when we give up our bios, it's kind of like the groaning that happens in childbirth. And uh, as Nathan said, I've had a pretty recent experience of childbirth. Well, not me, myself. <laughs> I watched. Um, she did an amazing job, by the way. But uh, um, um, this is the analogy that he gives. Groaning, being burdened. This is hard. It is. It is hard. It's painful. 
Every time that we use our bios for the sake of loving another, it goes against what our, our old desires were to hoard it, to keep it. And Paul says that every time we give away our bias, it's like a contraction. They're painful, I've heard. But it is forming in us, that contraction is bringing about the, the eternal life, the Zoe in us. The pattern of Zoe is being formed in us. And in fact, as we give it up more and more and more, we will inherit a Zoe body, a new body. Even our physical suffering that comes about maybe through natural processes, you're thinking, oh, well, you know, I've got this sickness. How am I doing that in in service of others? How is that giving my Zoe away? Well, I want to tell you, if you're a Christian here this morning, God has sent you into the world right now to share his love with others. And so if as a part of that, in the course of you ministering to others here, showing them the divine life, you receive sickness in your bios, that's a contraction. You're groaning. It's hard. But you're, you're enduring it because this is the plan that God has for you. To love others here and now, to use your bios in service of them. The suffering of the bios for the non-believer is a symptom of death. When they get when there's sickness, when there's pain, when there's heartache and the things of the world don't work out for them, it, it, it feels like death is overcoming them because it actually is. Their life, all the life that they have is, is diminishing. It's temporary, it's transient and it's fading away. And this is very difficult to witness. Very, very difficult. My heart is so grieved sometimes. They're, they're holding onto it with dear life, but it's just slipping through their fingers. But for Paul, when we're putting off our bios, it's the first fruits of the Zoe life. I want to tell you, a woman, a woman is not in labor to bring forth death. She is in labor to bring forth life, isn't she? She's enduring that pain to bring forth new life, life which is in her already, in fact. It's there. And, and she's delivering it. She's bringing it forward. Is it hard? You betcha. I know it's hard. I've seen it. But the pain is framed in a bigger narrative. The pain is not just pain. It's pain that is bringing forth life. Life is the narrative, not death. This is incredible, church. This is your hope. If you're in Jesus this morning, this is your hope. Dallas Willard says, aging, you can throw suffering in. Aging and suffering accordingly will become not a process of losing, but of gaining. As our physical bodies, our tents fade out, our glory body approaches and our spiritual substance, our, our Zoe life grows richer and deeper. What a beautiful picture that is. Hey, who's glad that God has transformed death? Who's glad that God has removed the victory of death over us? The Christian resurrection hope is like no other. It is like no other. Listen to this description of heaven in the Islamic conception. Paradise is a blissful garden where the blessed are at peace and are content. The conversation is pleasant. The wine has no ill effects and the food is endlessly abundant. The faithful dressed in silk robes relax on beautiful couches while servants tend to their every need. Men and women are attended by beautiful and handsome young members of the opposite sex. 
The Islamic vision of the afterlife is just a big extension of the bios right now, isn't it? There's no, I mean, God's not even in that picture. God's a means to an end. What, what they're really saying is we just want more bios. We want more of what we've got right now, but bios is finishing, bios is temporary. Their hope is, is getting back all that they missed out on or didn't get a chance to have here in this world. Dallas Willard, again, this time to the Christian, if you're a Christian here this morning, it might prove helpful to think occasionally of why exactly you would be glad to be in heaven should you make it. Do you want to be in heaven? Heaven is a place where God's will is always done. Heaven is a place where we just eternally take the life that God gives it and use it in service of others. Heaven is not a place where life is hoarded and, and sort of stored up and kept. If you don't like loving and serving and, and using your life on behalf of others now, why would you like it then for all eternity? We need to be on guard against a hope which is no hope at all. Heaven is not just a big bios party, getting all the things that we wish we could have got now. Heaven is a place where God is and the pattern of the God life is to receive and then to give out. If we become too enamored, enamored with our, our tents right now, this is where our thinking will head. We'll just think, oh, heaven's going to be a great place. I'm going to get my, uh, you know, just a really jacked up tent and it's not ever going to fall over. The Christian hope for the greatness of the next age is not a place where we get from God what we really want. It's where we get God. It's where we get more of him. The Christian hope is that we will, for all of eternity, have the joy that we're only tasting now. We don't see him in his fullness. We're living by faith and not by sight. But one day we will look in the fullness of who God is and, and he's so infinite, we're gonna need all of eternity to receive all the life that he has for us. Heaven is a place where we endlessly participate in the divine life of God, giving ourselves in service of others. It's where you have a body and I will have a body that isn't subject to mortality so we can't keep doing it. We sort of give out and it's really hard because we don't have a lot of it. We will have endless amounts of life to give to others. There is no step change for the Christian between now and the life to come. This is what Paul says in verse nine. So we make it our goal, our ambition, our vision to please him. Whether we are at home in the body or away from it, what is your vision right now? Is your vision the tent? Is your vision bios or is your vision zoe? Are you living to please yourself right now or are you living to please God? This morning, if you have spiritual life, God's encouragement to you is, is to lift your eyes, to lift your eyes. Don't, don't so easily, so easily, we just become enamored with the tent and we, we hold on to the tent and, and we sort of think, this is where my life is. If you're a Christian, come on, you have the Holy Spirit. 
You have divine life. It's way better. It's what you were always intended to have from God. I wanna tell you that the joy that you think you are getting from holding onto the tent is nowhere near the joy that you will have if you enter into the divine life. He's got a house for you. Come on, he's got a house. Don't worry about a tent. Who wants to live in a tent when you can live in a house? I don't like camping. I stay in apartments. They're way better. Come on, if you're a Christian, God is building you a house and you have a chance to live in that way of life right now. Lift your eyes, Paul says, verse 18 of chapter four. We fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. Be of good courage this morning if you're a Christian. You know, if, if you have the divine life this morning, you can give your body you can give your body away. If God called you to do it, you could die for him today because that is not your life. That's not, that's not our life. This is an incredible hope, church. Come on, let's lift our eyes to the house this morning. Lift our eyes to the house. If you don't have more than the tent today, if bios is all you have, be of, be of confidence there's something more. And you don't have to do anything. You don't have to do anything. All you have to say is, I'm gonna take my hands off the tent and I'm gonna have more life. Are you weary this morning? Do you feel like death is just encroaching and all the things that you're trying to clamor for in this world, they're slipping through your fingers. I've got good news this morning. You can have more life, more life, less death. Death is not an issue for the Christian because our life is in God, not in our body, not in this world. This is great news that we should give thanks for this morning to our God. So let's pray together and do that. Oh, loving Heavenly Father, you are a good Father. You are a good Father and uh, we say thank you, God, that even though we were so distracted with the tent, we were just enamored with it, we thought this was, well, I mean, why wouldn't you be enamored when that's all you have? We had no other frame of reference, God. This is the truth. I mean, we were believing a lie that there wasn't more, but that was all we had at one point. In your mercy, in your kindness, you sent Jesus Christ and He gave us, he gave us a vision for something greater, for more life. Oh, thank you, God. We want more life. So I pray this morning, God, for we who know you. Oh, Lord, that this week, that this month, that this year, we would take our eyes off of the tent. We would fix our eyes on the house that is to come. And as we do that, Lord, we will have the capacity, as you did, to give up your tent to use it in service of others, to give it away as we were always intended to do. God, I pray for people here this morning who, who as they sit here, the suffering in their, in their world right now, it feels like death, not life. Father, I pray in your mercy and your kindness by your Holy Spirit, you would reveal to them that you love them and that you are a good God 
who will always give us more life. And I pray that they would stop trying to clamour for life by themselves, take their eyes off their own life and fix their vision on You. And I know, God, that as they, as they do that, Lord, You will hear that, You will see that, and You will respond by pouring out Your Holy Spirit into their heart. And so, Holy Spirit, um, the one who cries out, Abba, Father, in our weakness, the one who's in the birth pains is saying, hey, you have new life. Don't worry, you have a good father. You can give your body away for he will give you another one. Holy Spirit, come and remind us of our hope this morning. Spirit, stir in us. We wanna live by faith and not by sight. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome, well, we're gonna sing a song which says he's our living hope and that's what he is. He's living and he's giving us life, so he's our hope. So let's join together and uh, sing that whether at home or here. Worship the holy name of Jesus. Praise God for this good news. Powerful words this morning for all of us, wherever we are on the journey of faith. If you are here this morning on the mezzanine in the chapel, or you're linking it online and you don't know that Zoe life Matt was talking about this morning, and you, and you want that, you want to know that, I want you to know this morning that you can receive that yourself this very day, this very moment. As Matt said, simply by turning to Jesus and saying, yes, Jesus, placing your faith and trust in Him and what He has done for you on the cross, making a way for us to be in relationship with our Creator God and know this life to the full that God's Word speaks about that so many can testify to. If that's you this morning, if you're watching online, click on that, respond to Jesus. We'd love to encourage you, pray for you. If you're here this morning, we'd love to give you a Bible gift pack. If you came with someone, say, I wanna find out more. I wanna talk to a pastor. I wanna talk to someone. Just let your friend know this morning. We'd love to help you. Don't forget that Alpha course online on Tuesday night. Great course to jump into this Tuesday night. I'm gonna pray and ask for God's blessing for us as we conclude our time together. Lord, we thank You. Thank You for these words of hope, words of assurance, Lord. And I pray You'll help us this very week to live in the light of this truth, Lord. To lift our eyes beyond the temporal things of this world, but Lord, instead to see the reality of the things of eternity, Lord. Thank You that this is what You've created us for, that You would fill us with this true life as we serve, as we give our lives away, Lord, there in that place is found true life in you. So continue to lead us, Lord. For any who don't yet know that life, Lord, I pray you'll help them to discover that this very day, to turn to you, to respond to you, to let go of the things of this world and to look to you instead. Lord, lead them in that, we pray. But bless each one, I ask. I pray this in Jesus' Name, Amen. Thanks so much for linking in and sharing with us today. Praying God's blessing for you. Don't forget our service tonight at 6pm as well. You can link in or here in person at 4pm. But God bless you. We look forward to connecting again soon.